Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Howdy, Beth. Hello, Jenna. How are you? Doing okay. Beth, we were on Teachable Tuesday today, Mm -hmm. and this gal asked us. She wants to cancel the noise. She said, how do we get out from underneath the world's noise or like how do we get away from the world's noise but i'm trying to say let's cancel it let's do it you know what they say about like when when something's going on in culture and society and we want to like baptize it make it holy yeah like make it applicable to the faith right yeah let's do that with cancel culture we're canceling noise we're canceling sin (laughs) we're canceling (laughs) division yeah Okay, so I'm not going to cancel YouTube simply for the Bible Project videos. But I think they also have like an app or a website where you could watch other videos if you truly did cancel YouTube. You know, it's just the convenience of the thing. Like you open YouTube and you can find lots of things there. You could find Blessed Is She there, for instance. We're on there. But I think that's also the problem with it. Mm -hmm. I get on there. I'm just scrolling on the feed on YouTube. What? Why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. I'm watching lots of homeschool videos. Cute. Yeah. You're making homeschool videos. I only made the two so far. I loved them both. By the time this comes out, maybe a third has come out. We talked about noise a little bit today. Yeah, I thought that was a really beautiful conversation. And I think it's so necessary. Silence is a discipline that we have to develop. Yeah. We're not going to stumble upon silence. And I think even as you become aware of your need for silence and you start to make room for silence... You might realize silence isn't as easy to come by as just the space of time. Totally. I mean, I've been coming upon that and I've been talking to you about it. I've been trying to have dedicated prayer time. Yeah, girl. And it was really good for the first like five days. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just hitting these roadblocks. Yeah. Of just, you know, being interrupted by kids or by phone calls or it's just hard to find time. Even when I'm trying to make time. Totally. Anyway, I've noticed like those first few days, I was like super excited and very zealous and it worked out Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful. And then I was like, kind of want to change this time. It's really late. I was trying to do my prayer time at 8 p.m. every night after all the kids are in bed and I'm hoping to not have any interruptions. And I'm not doing a full hour yet. I'm only at like, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. And then after that, when I tried to think, well, I don't really love this time. I'd rather be in bed scrolling YouTube than do this. Maybe I can try to do it earlier. But then I tried to move it to earlier and I was getting interrupted. And now I'm becoming resentful and angry that I don't have silence in my life. Mm. I need to go back to my original plan and stick to it, which is what St. Ignatius would say to me via Beth Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he would say double down on your resolutions in desolation. He would say stick it to the devil. Totally. You're trying to dissuade me from praying. I'm going to pray five minutes more. Yeah. I'm going to stay longer. Yeah. Anyway, I just think noise is something we have to actively turn off. Unless that's to do with your children. And I get that. You just got to stick to your plan. Well, I, I think let's look a little closer at okay. this example you've given. Okay. Because when we were talking about this today, mm-hmm. you did not say that you were wanting to move it up <laughs> so that you could scroll YouTube. I might have just glossed over that part when we were chatting earlier, but <laughs> the podcast is like a truth serum. <laughs> it, it actually so is. Okay. So I just think, you know, is that a good reason to move up your prayer time? 
And now you did that and you're like encountering obstacles for this good thing. Seems like. Just trying to watch YouTube. I I get it. I hear you. (laughs) I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the conviction on the inside. I just want to say, I'm not saying everything on YouTube is bad and neither are you. We love the Bible Project on YouTube. We love Blessed Is She on YouTube. You know, I love homeschool videos on YouTube. Yes. So I don't think the problem is YouTube necessarily. Correct. I think the problem is the content on YouTube. It's the content on YouTube once we, once YouTube learns our desires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once YouTube sees that I watch a reaction video of a reaction video of a reaction video, YouTube will now feed me all the reaction videos. Or let's say I watch something about the Kardashians. Now my whole newsfeed is Kardashians. Do I need to be watching this? No. Do I need to keep up still? I don't. No. I don't need to keep up. Bless them, Jesus. Take care of them. We don't need a play-by-play. What I'm trying to say is, I don't know, maybe this is a pointless thing because I found even when I went through and like weeded out, like I don't need to keep up with that person. I don't need to know everything happening. Even when my my feed was just ministry stuff or just like, it was still a time suck. When you're watching wholesome things or listening to like wholesome music temperately, I think it's easier to be in silence. I think like noisy stuff like reaction videos knocks around in your brain. Mm. Okay, so I was randomly on this local parish's website. I was trying to find an evening daily mass time. And I stumbled upon the pastor's letter to his parish in regards to mask wearing. And I kind of wanted to know like what's going on here, how, you know, I just wanted to be prepared in this new parish. Yeah. And instead of a set of procedures, I read this like beautiful invitation that like made me want to be holy. It was so incredible. It was about silence. It was about not judging people based on the decisions they're making in this time. It like really moved me. I was really inspired. And so one interesting thing he said, and I'll share it with you. He said, on this last point, I know that I am the voice of one that cries out in the desert, but I invite you. If it is not necessary for professional or work matters to spend some time, perhaps a month, without watching or reading the news, on the internet, or on the television, it seems to me a way to nip it in the bud, as you say in English. He's not from here. Believe me, the world will continue to spin, the birds will continue to sing in the mornings, and we will probably shake off many unnecessary worries. This exercise will be like opening the windows of a closed room to let in fresh air and light. Information that is urgent will reach us through other channels. Aren't you so convicted by that? Yeah, but I'm also like, what, Father? You're like, what, what world, world are you, are you living, living in? in? <laughs> Could you imagine a whole month? I mean, I kind of want to. You should do it. I want to try. I just really do wonder how realistic that is. Yeah, like not only a break from social media, but from the news. Yeah. I remember one time reading about this guy who got so discouraged. I'm sure it was like at the election time. He just decided to give up all news, all news, no newspapers, no television, no social media, no New York Times, nothing, nothing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He was not forking over that 199. Okay. No, he padded his life in such a way so that he never had to hear anything. So like all the people in his life knew He's not reading the was news. Was this like an experiment? Did he have a video camera following him around? No, I think it was, strangely enough, a New York Times article <laughs> oh that I read. <laughs> but anyway. The irony. So like he would go in to like read a book at a coffee shop in the morning. I think he worked from home. And so he would like walk to this little cafe and like everyone in the cafe knew like Jeff 
is not reading or talking about the news. He was able to say in retrospect, I miss some of these like major world events and crises, but my life went on. Mm. Like I didn't need to know about it. Do you think some people though would say, you're just burying your head in the sand? Yeah, you're being irresponsible. Right. Sure. Haters gonna hate, 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 <laughs> hate, hate. How do we combat that? Because we do have to be like responsible Christians. But what about what Father Sergio says? Information that is urgent will reach us through other channels. So we don't have to go to Jeff's status and tell people like, don't talk to me about mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. We'll just go to Father Sergio's status. Yeah. Which is that it's more important for me to create silence than for me to know everything. Well, and I think ultimately, if the reason we're here is to be close to the Lord and his heart, that is the main thing we should be focused on, not Mm. so much knowing about what's going on in the world. Yeah. I love what Father Park said on um, Teachable Tuesday a few months back when he spoke about circle of concern versus circle of influence and how our circle of concern is much larger than our circle of influence. So what does that do? I mean, that steals our peace. We can't sleep. <laughs> you know, we're obsessing over things that are utterly out of our control. I don't think that level of concern is turning people into intercessors. There's some kind of like subconscious or, or unconscious expectation or drive to like be a mature, smart, up-to-date person. Intellectual. Yeah, an intellectual. Do you think... The apostles were like worried about worldly events. I don't know. If we're supposed to be like them, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I do think every single thing we do in life, every way we act, every interaction we have, we should compare it in the light of what Jesus was like. So what was Jesus doing with current events, the news? You know, the only example I can think of would be when Jesus cites the people who died under the toppling tower of Siloam. Yeah, in the Gospel of Luke, he's basically calling people to repentance. And he uses this current event, these 18 people who were killed. In Luke chapter 13, verse 4, Jesus says, or those 18 who were killed when the tower of Siloam fell on them? What? Yeah, it's in there. Then he says, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. That's one of the only times he uses a current event, like a hot topic. That must have been big news. That's fascinating. So his big takeaway from this was just a call to repentance. Yeah, he's like, those people needed to repent the same way you need to repent. That's kind of nuts. Crazy, right? Yeah. He uses practical everyday analogies, but I don't think that I would call those current events. Like they're constantly baiting him. Like we are being oppressed by Rome. Would you come and deliver us from this political, this violent political oppression? And Jesus is like, no, I'm not here for this world. I'm here to like point to another world, another kingdom. He is simultaneously within the context of his current events, but above them. Totally. They try to bait the disciples too. Like, have you heard about the Hellenists? They're being neglected in the daily distribution of the food. And that's like a current thing that's happening in the church. And Paul does a lot of this. Paul is like reacting a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm hearing about incest in this church. I'm hearing these people aren't being fed at communion in this church. They're doing more of that. But Jesus, I don't see 
a gospel precedence for Jesus talking about current events. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And the one current event he talks about, possibly two in that chapter, he's just calling us to repent. Yeah. I think as I'm talking this through, Jesus is the precedent for current events. Like he becomes the lens through which we assess current events or our lens for how we view current events. Yeah. Well, Father Sergio thinks we can take a break. I was on Blessed Issues Instagram a couple weekends ago, and I talked about social media and how I'm having such a hard time with it. And you DM'd me back and said, you deserve a social media fast. You deserve a social media Sabbath. And I just like love that language whenever we change something that we don't think you need. Yeah. Well, it's different, right? Than saying, I'm addicted to this. I need to stop. This is bringing me down. I should get off of social media and instead frame it as, no, I deserve a break. Like my heart needs a break. I deserve to take a break. Everything is not up to me. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. I wonder why we're so afraid of silence. Is it that we're afraid? It's just because we just keep consuming and it's like addictive and we want to just consume. Maybe. I wonder if people are really lonely. Oh, for sure. If they really allow themselves the time, the space to like feel what they're feeling, the sadness, the longing, pain. I think a lot of the busyness, a lot of the noise and distraction is just that. It's like trying to distract them from the reality of the loneliness that they feel. Yeah, I think a lot of the noise is just a ruse. I think we're not comfortable sitting with longing. We are not comfortable examining our own pain. I think we think it'll overwhelm us, you know, that we can't handle it. Who wants to be sad? Yeah, if we keep pushing it aside to do other things, we don't ever have to deal with it. Yeah. I was reading this thing or watched this thing, I don't remember, and it said, you know, it's not that parents these days, moms these days are like scrolling and their kids are not being paid attention to for the first time ever. Like our mom's parents have always had this struggle of like giving us attention or like being with us, Mm. whether it be TV or whether it be books or there's always something we could be doing rather than praying. It's not just social media or TV or the news. Distraction is not new. This is something that has always been and will always be an issue. The common thread is the same that we keep on just doing other things instead of sitting in silence. You know, I know we say this all the time, but Jesus changes everything. (laughs) (laughs) We do say that all the time. I don't know. I've just been thinking so much about Matthew 6. Uh Look at the birds. Consider the lilies. And, you know, there are some nights that I I walk out of your house, the office, and it's like I remember, oh, there's an outside and the sun is setting and there are cicadas making their cicada noise. (laughs) And it's just a literal breath of fresh air. And just in the past few months, I feel like it's been noisier than ever. Just think it's been confusing and hard and nobody knows what to do. Nobody. So I don't think it's sticking our head in the sand to make room for silence. I I think what, what we're doing is making space to listen to the one person who does know what's going on, mm. who, who is invested in us personally and, and the, the world. world. Yes, yeah. yeah. 
It's so funny. I think about my eight day that I, I made in January. And I remember every night I would write out this little schedule to try and fill in every minute. Even though I'd done a couple of other five days, I was afraid of being bored maybe or not present. I, I didn't want to miss anything. Also, mm. I, I didn't want to do it wrong. You know what I mean? I totally. wanted to like make the most of every day. So I would write out this little schedule and it ended up actually being kind of busy <laughs> just with the different prayer periods and what have you. But sometimes I'll just be, I don't know, working or driving and I'll remember this place that I walked in this like nature preserve just down the street and in this neighborhood away from the convent. And while I was there in silence, but talking to the Lord, you know, it didn't feel particularly sacred or emotional or meaningful. Like I was just taking a walk and the Lord was present with me. There's something in me that when I think about that place and I vividly remember those walks every day, I like ache for that silence and that physical space of being outside. But at the time, I didn't, I don't know, maybe see the benefit. It didn't feel really gratifying. But now in retrospect, I see that was exactly what my soul needed. I'm thirsting for that now. Yeah. He just wants to spend time with us. Yeah. And when I'm with someone and they're on their phone, I don't feel important. Mm. I don't feel heard, you know? Yeah. So I want to be with the Lord. I don't want to waste my nights scrolling my phone. And I know we're harping on this. I think probably rightly so. Everybody's addicted to their phone. I just want to make more room so that I turn more readily to the Lord. Yeah. Like when I wanted to start detaching from social media, I started praying like, Jesus, help me. Why am I looking at my phone again, Lord? Sorry, help me. I love that. I just look at people and get annoyed when they're on their phones. Me too. That's much more generous me to look too, at yourself. Me too, but I'm one. I mean, I do the same thing. You are remarkably detached from social media for a person whose life is on social media, whose work, you know, business is on social media. Yeah, I hate it. It's like the pits of hell. Totally. Oh, <gasps> can I tell you this crazy thing the Lord told me in prayer today? Is I was it? reading Genesis. Yeah. We're on chapter two. Okay. Okay. We. <laughs> Jenna and I are reading Genesis Yikes. chapter two. And I realized in the creation story that when God lays before them the garden and is kind of giving them the, the welcome tour, he says, and here's the tree of life and here's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I was so like struck that they didn't want to eat the fruit of the tree of life. Mm. Like I, I didn't even remember hearing about the tree of life being in the garden. Why didn't they want to eat that fruit? Why did they eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? And I don't think I was judging them. I just think I was so flabbergasted. And the Lord had said to them, if you eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will die. He said that just a few verses above. Literally before them, tree of life, tree of knowledge of good and evil, a.k.a. death, and they chose death. So I was just like kind of sitting with that. And it's so fascinating. The Lord brought to mind how I was scrolling Twitter last night. And again, it, none of this was audible words. It was literally like I saw the Twitter feed. I understood. It was just a Holy Spirit moment of understanding that that consuming of destruction is me choosing fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But it's just like scrolling on Twitter. We're just passing the time. People don't look at that and think that's sinful or that's wrong. Maybe it's a waste of time, but... No, we're actually choosing death. Yeah. 
I'm just over here. It's the pits of hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It like, I don't know. I don't have words for it. We have to know everything. We have to see the response to the response to the response vid. Oh, yeah. I'm not. We I have to know see the dissection people. of the response vid. I find myself reading the comments and... Oh, I love comments. You know, ex- we yeah. all do. Of I course we the, do. You know I who else I love the comments does? tree of knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading comments. My YouTube feed is all reaction videos yes. to this one video that I watched one time. Yes. I stop and ask myself... Why do I care about that? Because then I listen to the reaction. I think, oh, they're kind of right. I can see that. There's a lot of reason there. Then I come over to this other side. Well, that makes sense. That's probably the way they were raised. I get that. And over here, that's their experience. That thing that drives us that we have to know. Here's the tree of life. And we're choosing the tree of death. We're just scrolling our phones with our Bibles next to us. Truly. Yeah. Sometimes I even get in bed and I have my Bible, my journal, interior castle on my bed. I've finished my rosary. I'm like leaning over just to set my alarm or something. Ten minutes later, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm having an integrated moment. If the reason we are not more surprised by God is because we so desperately need to know. So we would choose death. We would choose to be totally in control. Then eat from the tree of life, be in relationship with the Lord, not know what's coming and be surprised by his goodness. Yeah. We would rather grasp at knowing. Yeah. And control. Control is huge. Oh, for sure. So later on in that letter, Father Sergio Mm -hmm. quotes Soren Kierkegaard, the current state of the world and life in general is one of disease. If I were a doctor and asked my opinion, I would say create silence. Lead human beings to silence. The word of God cannot be heard in the noisy contemporary world. That's fascinating. Yeah. We had this scripture in mass a couple of weeks ago about Elijah hiding in the rock. And first there's an earthquake and then there's a strong wind and then there's a fire. And the Lord wasn't in any of those things. And then there was like just a whisper and he covered his head and he went to the opening of the cave because that was the voice of the Lord. Somehow we still want thunderbolts and, you know, a big booming voice from heaven. But biblically, God speaks in a whisper, you know? Yeah. He sent his only son as an infant to be born in poverty in a manger in a tiny town called Bethlehem. He's not a showy guy. Yeah. He's not a showy God. So we have to quiet ourselves. I even found that as I grow closer to the Lord, he gets quieter. I think because he wants me to like come closer, Mm. like lean in a little closer. I shared this on Teachable Tuesday, I don't know, a while ago, but this image of of Jesus. One day in prayer, he asked me to always talk to him by like leaning and whispering in his ear so that I know that he's listening. Mm. But there were so many other benefits to that. I mean, I felt like I was like sharing secrets and I was important and he was excited to hear what I had to say. And I was just physically in proximity close to him. And I think he likes that. That's beautiful. And I'm listening for his whisper as well. Yeah. I'm back to my eight o'clock hour. You're back to whispering. I've been inspired by you since we share multiple calendars. I am inspired by your alarm on your phone to pray every night. So I think I'm going to add one. Block out my calendar for some silence. I love that. Mm -hmm. Buckle up, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Your daughters are listening. We're leaning in. Yeah. 
Let's pray to be set free from our phones. I'm in. Great. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. God, we're listening for your voice, for even a whisper. We're here for you, Lord. We want to hear your voice. We want to know your will. Would you attune our spiritual senses, especially um, our hearing, God, that we uh, would recognize your voice in whatever way you speak. We know that you speak to us in a language that we understand. And so God, attune uh, our hearts to be sensitive to those promptings, sensitive to your voice, to begin to give credit to you when we know it's you, when we suspect it's you, when we hope it's you. Give us the faith to believe that you're speaking to us and that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you next time, Beth. Mm-hmm. See you next time. See you later. Jenna, I don't know if you have seen this, but there's a page on the website all about how to. I hadn't seen it, Beth. Okay. Yes, you have. <laughs> You're silly. How to pray, how to make an active contrition, how to make a good holy confession. How to do a holy hour. Exactly. And on that webpage, there are all kinds of resources Oh, free to help you once you enter into silence what do you do how do you pray so we want you to check that out if you go to blessedishy.net just put in the little search bar catholic resources and you will find all of our resources and how-to guides to help you in prayer have fun